The Truth News Network. A lone voice cries out in the night for an end to the lies, for an end to the deceptions, for an end to the corruption, for an end to the cancel culture that destroys wantonly all that oppose it. Where do you find that voice? <laughs> right here. His name is Dan Newman. You're a lion dog faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're, now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. I just can't get that guy. He keeps coming and grabs the microphone every day, and he just gets right up. Who is that guy? And how dare him interrupt the show right at the beginning? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving. I hope your Thanksgiving dinner was stellar and that your mom or your grandmother or you or your spouse made it wonderful. I got to I gotta tell you, this time of year is when I feel the most blessed as a human being. We have, and you hear me say this all the time, we have six grandchildren. We have three children, and they're all here this weekend. They're all over the house. Uh, they're at uh, our daughter-in-law. Her parents live here. They're over at their house. We all were together yesterday. And I mean, we all were. We probably had 35, maybe 40 people. We uh, we always have tag-alongs that come along. These are people that are not direct members of the family, blood members, but they're like family. You've got some of those. You know who I'm talking about. And we had the most fantastic time last night. Didn't watch one minute of NFL football. And those that know me, I mean, really know me on this show, you know that's a that's a really big deal. I don't miss football. And always Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving football games are really important to most guys. Guys, I guess I'll let you down (laughs) because I didn't watch one minute of football. We laughed. We cut up. We had a great time. And I hope you had the same opportunity and you did the same things. Just remember this. It doesn't matter the disagreements that you've had with family members. Just throw all that out during the holidays. Make the holidays family holidays and do everything you can to be with your family during the Thanksgiving Christmas season. You'll never feel bad about doing that long run. And let me give you a reason why this is a special Thanksgiving for us. My 97-year-old mother-in-law fell and she broke a bone in her cheek pretty bad. But the worst part of it is she broke her hip. Now, my mother-in-law, two weeks ago, I mean, she doesn't look too good today because of the fall in her broken face. It's actually in her cheek. I don't know. how She had to hit the floor face first. That's the only way I can describe uh, that break happening in her cheek. But she hit the floor. But anyway, last Friday, Last Friday, if you if I introduced you to my grand uh, to my mother-in-law, you'd say she's no more than 60 years old. She weighs about 97, 98 pounds. She acts like, talks like she has never really been sick a day in her life. And talk, oh my goodness, she can talk a circle around anyone. So for her to be in the condition she is today, this is an enigma in our family. It's something we've never seen before. 
And it made it really bad. Uh, I'm, of course, not at the hospital. I'm in the studio. And Marianne called me a minute ago, and they're going to they're gonna fix the hip, actually do a partial hip replacement. They're doing it today, and they're taking her in for the surgery at noon central time. And uh, Marianne called, and she dropped the anesthesia bomb on me that I knew was coming. The anesthesiologist came in and told Marianne, her older sister's not there yet, her younger sister's not there yet either, but told her, no guarantees. There's a good possibility that she won't come out from under anesthesia. She's had a couple of minor strokes, which exacerbates that. So about noon central time today, if you would, throw up a prayer. Her name is Hazel. Hazel Turner. And uh, she has been a faithful mother-in-law to me for 47 years. We've only had one exchange that was remotely negative in those 47 years. And it was over her feelings and her opinion on divine healing. She kind of scoffed at it. And I believe in it. I believe God can do anything. I believe he can heal anybody. Um, I don't think we have control of that. But I, I, I think in James, the fifth chapter, I believe, he said, if there's any sick among you, call for the elders in the church. They will anoint the person with oil, and the prayer of faith will raise them up. Now, it's there. Don't argue with me. I told in this argument I had with her a long, long time ago. I pointed that out to her. And subsequently, I don't think it has anything to do with my telling her that. But she changed her tune. She believes in divine healing. So we're believing that God will lift her up. I want her to spend her last days um, not in a catatonic state. Um, I want her to be cognizant and just living and go to sleep one night and just not wake up the next day. You really want that for most everybody, don't you? Her name is Hazel. Hazel. Hazel Tyler, and if you would, say a prayer for her today about midday. I would really appreciate it. My apologies for missing two weekdays of TNN live shows. Never happened before. And it happened for a couple of reasons I won't get into. But I I am so sorry. I will tell you everything's fine. Um, I had to make a quick trip to Dallas-Fort Worth. And um, I won't go into the details, but it was necessary, and I'm glad I did. But I really hate it that I missed those two days with you. We just don't do that here. Thankfully, thankfully, Joe Biden didn't get loose during those two days. (laughs) I think Jill had him somewhere. It wasn't in one of their haciendas, unless he bought a new one. I think they were in Martha's Vineyard. I can't keep up with the president. He's got five of his own now, five residences that we know about, which is kind of odd. I mean, think about it. When he finished up at the U.S. Senate, decided to run for vice president, remember all that? Uh, U.S. senators make $170,000 a year, and he's got five homes, and every one of them are multimillion-dollar homes. How does he do that? He's got great credit, but I mean, come on now. The president makes about $400,000 a year in salary. I think it's four fifty dollars something like that, which is a lot of money. But if you've got five houses and they're all beachfront, that's what's interesting because you and I both know beachfront 
uh, residences, primary or vacation are very expensive, especially in places like Martha's Vineyard and uh, Delaware. Um, on the water is the thing that tells you they're very expensive. And I know we're paying for all of this stuff. We're not supposed to be buying your houses. <laughs> Maybe we as American citizens can put a lien on those five houses for default as president. I, I kept my eyes open for everything that was happening while I wasn't here with you live. And we do have some really good news for you today. And if you read our story this morning, you know what I'm talking about. Dr. Eric Naputi, doctor from St. Louis that was on with us last week. He is the guy that the U.S. Department of Justice has slapped with liens. I guess they're liens. I guess when they come after you for financial purposes, it's liens. But anyway, it's $500 billion against the doctor. Half a trillion dollars of claims against this doctor, the Department of Justice. What's it for? If you weren't on with us last week and you don't know the details, I'll give you the quick skinny. He does not believe, as many doctors don't, in the COVID vaccinations. And he's got thousands of patients that he's treated in his various clinics around Missouri. And what he did, he never told anybody, don't take the vaccination, but he gave them an alternative and it surprised a lot of people when the alternative in mass numbers worked. Treatment, aggressive treatment using principally vitamin D, but along with some other natural elements is what he diagnosed and treated his patients for. And he was doing it on video. He had YouTube videos in abundance he had other types of video, and because it was in the public purview, here comes Uncle Sam, and they pounded on him and said, we're going to bust you and take you out. And it happened because he got in the eyes of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Ooh, don't do that. He is the COVID king, the COVID god, and what he says always went. Um. I just got a text from Mary, and I'll tell you about it in a minute. Anyway, he beat COVID. His patients beat COVID without COVID vaccinations. And so just as it was really, really getting ugly, and if you were with us, if you weren't, go back and listen. Uh, it's up at, uh, let me give you the, the quickest way to do it. Go to, if you've got an iPhone, go to, to podcast an iPhone and just look up TNN Live and scroll down the descriptions of the previous week or so of uh, podcasts that we've done. Our shows, when they finish on the air, are immediately picked up by pretty much every podcast outlet. Look for that one last week and watch it. Well, you can't watch it. Listen to it. Dr. Eric Naputi, he's going to be with us Tuesday morning, and he's going to break down this wonderful news. And the wonderful news is... One very credible scientific um, study was completed and was published last week. And guess what it proved? That treating patients with vitamin D, aggressive, the way he did with his patients, it's more effective 
in treating these patients and healing this patient than any of the COVID vaccines are. More than a thousand people in a controlled scientific investigation research operation. Those were the results that they verified. And of course, this vindicates Dr. Naputi. So, as you can imagine, he and his family members are taking victory laps. And uh, they're really excited, as they should be, um, about all of those things. So anyway, he will be here Tuesday morning. More about that in the show today. we got a lot to get into. You know, they still have not let the election results debacle, haven't let it expire. And no, I'm not talking about those evil Republicans, those MAGA, Mega MAGA election deniers. I'm talking about Democrats haven't let the election claims of fraud from 2016 expire. And one that is still beating the drum and is beating it aggressively looks like will be the Democrat Party leader in the House of Representatives come January, Hakeem Jeffries. I mean, he to this day, if you ask him, what do you think about Hillary Clinton and the possibility that that election was rigged? He'll jump right in there and tell you point blank. It absolutely was. Russia, disinformation, gave the race to Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. Well, there's, there's one guy who's not, he's a writer, he's a YouTuber, and he's not a Republican. He doesn't, he doesn't support any Republican ideals. Same thing about Democrats. But he's still a YouTube news guy. He amassed hundreds of thousands of views on his 2016, uh, I guess you call it an expose, about the 2016 elections. Hundreds of thousands of views, sometimes millions. And his worth consists of very crisply edited mashups of politicians and corporate media folks that are making complete fools of themselves without any commentary. He doesn't put anything up. He doesn't say anything in these things. It's just in their own words. And let's call it a mashup. So one of his mashups shows politicians and media that are blasting the Wuhan lab theory as a baseless conspiracy, despite all evidence pointing to the contrary. Another shows the media's hypocrisy about the Hunter Biden laptop and their quest to characterize, once again, Russian disinformation. And we found out later there's no basis for that claim. His last name is Arphelia. His videos don't explicitly criticize the politicians or talking heads that they represent, but this has not stopped YouTube from doing, and you know what I'm going to tell you they're doing, demonetizing videos that it deems hostile to the establishment-backed narrative of the day, which is COVID-19, it came naturally. So in the comment section of his Wuhan Lab League videos, Orphelia says this, this video is, of course, demonetized without explanation. And then he gave his viewers this message, follow me on Rumble. 
Now, Arfilia is no stranger to censorship. Back in 2016, he created a video that revealed PBS News selective editing of an interview with then-Green Party presidential candidate Jill Stein. You remember her? Of particular note was PBS's censoring of Stein's entire criticism of Democrat Party candidate Hillary Clinton and Clinton's support of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the TPP. Within 24 hours of publishing his video on Facebook, Orfeo said it, it was deleted, no explanation. He also said last year he'd been censored for publishing the same content as corporate media outlets as well as drawing attention to the comments of one disgruntled Netflix, Netflix employee. But in the middle of all of this midterm thing and YouTube's recent crackdown on election-related misinformation, Orfeo finds himself once again in the popular video platform's crosshairs. In September, he published a montage of Democrat politicians and media folks questioning the results of the 2016 election and characterizing it as illegitimate, rigged, and hacked. Right back to back, he released a second montage comparing the statements of then-President Trump questioning the 2020 election results to Democrats, most notably Hillary Clinton, questioning the results of the 2016 content. I wanted to show that Trump and the Republicans are not the only ones to challenge or question election integrity, Orfelia said. It was literally just the last election cycle, and people have already forgotten. YouTube immediately tried to demonetize both of his videos, as journalist Matt Tibby reported, but then reversed the demonetization of the first video after Arfilia pushed back on him. But that didn't stop the video-sharing platform from deleting the second one and giving Arfilia a strike. And what that means on YouTube, if you don't know it, if a YouTuber gets three strikes, his whole channel gets deleted. And, of course, that imperils his livelihood. Arfilia is currently banned from posting to YouTube for a week. And, of course, YouTube, remember, they tell us, oh, we're a private entity. We, uh, we're not part of the government, so we can censor anybody we want to. They rationalize what they did by arguing that Arfilia's second montage, quote, contains claims that past U.S. presidential elections were rigged or stolen and our election integrity policy stops content that advances false claims that widespread fraud, errors, or glitches occurred in U.S. presidential elections. So, if YouTube's election integrity policy stops content that advances false claims that past U.S. presidential elections were rigged or stolen, then it should have removed Orfilia's first video as well. After all, the first montage features politicians ranging from, oh, no, I don't know, President Biden to Vice President Kamala Harris, even former President Jimmy Carter, all of them claiming the 2016 election was rigged and Trump was an illegitimate president. Hakeem Jeffries said it on numerous news shows this past weekend. But of course, 
Democrats can get away with election denialism, whatever that means. And of course, Republicans can't. Or feel your censorship by YouTube. It just shows how hypocritical our leftist politicians, the corporate media, and the other peddlers of the official narrative. And the best part? They don't give a rip. No matter that the Russia collusion hoax and claims that Trump stole the 2016 election were DOA dead on arrival. No matter that voter skepticism over the legitimacy of the 2020 election was indeed well-founded and outlined in a Federalist, the Federalist editor-in-chief Molly Hemingway's book, Rigged. We've talked about it here on TNN Live. Her book, Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. If you haven't read it, it'll make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Whatever or whoever poses a threat to the regime in power and its narrative must always be squelched. And that includes inconvenient facts. Despite finding himself once more under the boot of the left censorship regime, Orphelia remains undaunted. He's still committed to creating videos that challenge propaganda from both the left and the right. Nobody's talking about those videos he has published showing hypocrisy from politicians on the right. It's important for people to realize that we swallow the narratives the media feeds us and we don't even think about it. We just do it because, hey, that's CNN. They're a big national online news outlet. So what they say has got to be true. Truth speakers. Truth speakers. And that note Marianne sent to me was to give me the place the Bidens are hanging out. Nantucket. And they have a billion-dollar property on the water there. B with a B. That's per Marianne. Wow, I wonder what kind of place that is. And what about all this climate change? And we know that the seas are going to rise and blow away all of these uh, oceanfront properties. You know, the Obamas bought that one and Martha's Vineyard, 16 acres, right on the water, on the Atlantic Ocean front. They must not be worried about it too much. They just want you and I to be worried about it. You know, that truth thing. Speaking of truth, What about our doctor of truth, Dr. Anthony Fauci? He made his final briefing, White House briefing on Tuesday. And let me tell you what he told us. Are you ready? You may want to write this down as I give it to you. Grab a pen and paper because this is his last big statement that he is telling us from the podium in the White House briefing room. Here we go. Quote, Real danger from COVID-19 is going to come for Americans if you don't get vaccinated. You got that? The real danger is in the people who have not been vaccinated, he said. 
if we're going to see a problem this winter, oh, it's going to be among those people, you know, those deniers. There are election deniers and there are COVID-19 fatality deniers. The people who are most unvaccinated, we have 68% of our population vaccinated. That means, and I mean, he's a mathematician apparently. He reminded us we have 32% of the population that is not, ooh, 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 I'm raising my hand. I'm not vaccinated. His tenure in the National Institutes of Health as director of the NIAID division, it was marred from top to bottom with criticism over his decisions that he made during the COVID pandemic and his handling of, and people don't remember this, the HIV AIDS epidemic during the Reagan administration. They forget about that. He was out there pumping his treatments for HIV AIDS and none of them worked and it killed thousands of Americans. Fauci also faced questions Tuesday about the funding of so-called gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Republicans on the U.S. Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions, they issued a report recently in October claiming the origin of the COVID-19 pandemic stemmed from a lab leak at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Follow the science. I'm the science, he told us. Remember that? Tuesday, he kind of softened up. I don't think any of my colleagues imagined it, that we would see a three-year saga of suffering and death and millions of Americans losing their lives. The thing that was most disturbing was something I referred to, he said, in an answer to one of the other questions, was the continuation of multiple variants evolving over time completely unlike something like the measles. You know what he's doing? He's trying to keep himself relevant instead of just walking into the sunset and leaving on top of the world. Well, of course, the world he would be leaving, he would be walking on millions of bodies that listen to him. I'm the science. And he gave those people bad information. But he was very successful. How successful? His net worth climbed by $5 million. $5 million during the COVID-19 pandemic, including $1.7 million in his investment portfolio gains. So for Dr. Fauci, I, I mean, I don't think anybody can can say honestly that 2020 and 2021 were pretty good years for the doctor. When playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners. Biggie bag, huh? 
It's new from Wendy's. It's everything you ever wanted for just five bucks. Everything I ever wanted? Wendy's bacon double stack, four nuggets, fries, a drink, and the spelling bee medal you lost in second grade because you couldn't spell soliloquy. It really is everything I ever wanted. Get a bacon double stack with a quarter pound of fresh beef, nuggets, fries, and a drink for just five bucks. Wendy's Biggie Bag is everything you ever wanted. Sorry, I'm going to need all that back. Really? Could switching to Geico really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Unforgettable. That's what you are. du Ton perfume, like the memory of a beautiful song, lingers on and on. du Ton perfume, the classic French fragrance that you can wear anywhere. Any time makes you unforgettable. Du Ton Perfume by Nina Ricci. The telephone ring just a few minutes ago that you heard probably reminds me anytime you want to join the show, feel free to do so. 1-866-37-TRUTH. That's 1-866-378-7884. Of course, if you're listening to this and you're listening on a podcast outlet, we go off the air at 11, so nobody will be there in the studio to answer your phone number then. But when the show is on live, we'd love to chat with you if you'd like to. Well, the Republicans, are they're on point already. They're making very sure they've that the House is ready to go to bat and start holding this administration responsible for their actions. January 3rd is the day the House of Representatives will formally flip in power from Democrats to the Republicans. Mike McCarthy is expected to be the Speaker of the House. He's a Republican from California, and he makes it very clear They have a whole list of things that they're going to jump on. Mike Johnson, congressman from our district, he's been on with us several times during the holiday and uh, the ramp up to Thanksgiving, making it very clear. I asked him point blank that we as voters are very concerned about Republicans being ready to do something and how quickly it would take them to do something because we remember a time during the Obama administration At Obama's first midterm, they lost the House and the Senate to Republicans, and the Republicans in the House didn't expect it. It took them a year to ramp up to start the process of getting anything done. And remember, Congress seats in the House of Representatives are voted on every two years, so they only had about 12 months to really get something done. They're not doing that this time. McCarthy and Mike Johnson say, we are already out there and we're headed to hold this administration accountable. And one of the things, the big things that they're concerned about and they're going to hit immediately 
is the debacle at our southern border. Republicans are now in control of the House and they're wasting no time getting to work visiting the southern border where illegal migrants continue to flood in, creating a humanitarian and a national security crisis. GOP leader Kevin McCarthy says Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas has two options for his handling of the crisis, resign or face impeachment. Listen. His actions have produced the greatest wave of illegal immigration in recorded history. If Secretary Mayorkas does not resign, House Republicans will investigate every order, every action, and every failure will determine whether we can begin impeachment inquiry. Wow. Joining me now for more is Congressman Byron Donalds of Florida, who's been very hot uh, about this topic in particular. Uh, Congressman, good to see you. Congratulations for your reelection. I just want to ask, uh, DHS came out with a statement concerning the comments of, of, uh, of the congressman at the border, and they said the following, Secretary Mayorkas is proud to advance the noble mission of this department. The department will continue our work to enforce our laws and secure our border while building a safe, orderly, and humane immigration system. Now, first of all, that's just an insult to our intelligence. We know that the border is less secure. I mean, the numbers are so out of whack to, to these comments. And, and to suggest that it's humane, that they're building a more humane system, when there were over 800 immigrants that died last fiscal year alone uh, in various accidents, uh, drownings, et cetera. I mean, it's neither humane nor is it secure. That statement from uh, the Department of Homeland Security is pure propaganda. That's, that's what that is. I mean, they're lying to us. Uh, Secretary Mayorkas, in my opinion, when he tells Congress uh, that the border is secure, that's a lie because anybody that goes down there and sees it firsthand knows the truth. Listen, it's not just the people who've died on the journey crossing the southern border illegally. It is the young girls who are raped yes. and sold into yes. sex slavery by the drug cartels. That happens as well. It's the, it's the pounds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds of fentanyl crossing our border, killing our citizens in the United States. And last but not least, what they've done is the most liberal interpretation of asylum in the history of the United States. So if they're cool with that, um, then that's one thing. But the American people are not. Republicans in Congress are not. We are going to hold investigations because enough is enough. Well, I don't know if you heard the last segment. We had Art Laffer on. And of course, his focus has always been on the economy. He worries that, you know, diverting attention from the economy. Uh, granted, you have to deal with what's going on in the border. You have to call out their bad behavior. But if you impeach Mayorkas, let's face it. His replacement is going to be no different. He's going to be have the same mental mindset as Mayorkas does, or the same actions as, or non-actions as Vice President Kamala Harris has. So, I mean, maybe you just focus on hearings that, that expose how horrible the situation is at the border, stopping short of, of an impeachment hearing. Look, I love my good friend Art Laffer. He is one of the great economic minds of our time. 
But on this one, he's just not in the right place where we need to be. If you just let Mayorkas stay there and we just hold hearings and then you just keep throwing out the information, guess what? The New York Times doesn't care unless you're sending migrants to New York City. The Washington Post doesn't care unless you're dropping migrants off in front of the Naval Observatory. And all they do is bash Republicans for playing politics. I'm not here to play politics. I'm here to speak truth. I'm here to get the job done. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can do, We can handle the energy policies, the economic policies, while also managing the border and doing what is necessary on behalf of the American people. I understand why Art believes that, and a lot of people actually believe that. And that's because if you look at the history of our politics, typically Washington can only focus on one issue at a time. But I'm a business guy. I can focus on four issues at a time. So can a lot of other people up on Capitol Hill. That's what we need to be, that's what we need to be doing because it's time to get down well, to business for the American Congress, people. Congressman, I hope if you have a committee hearing, you 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 put out time, you play this tape that I'm gonna play for you in a moment over and over and over again because the de what the Democrats are saying now is so different from what the same Democrats were saying just a couple of years ago. Roll tape. Construction of a 630-mile border fence or 630 miles of border fence that create a significant barrier to illegal immigration on our southern land border. Illegal immigration is wrong, plain and simple. The bill before us will certainly do some good it will authorize some badly needed funding for better fences and better security along our borders. And that should help stem some of the tide of illegal immigration in this country. All right. I, now, I want to talk about the student loan issue, but, but you got to play that over and over and over again, because right now they're saying completely the opposite. I mean, I'll play it, but they don't care. Even Chuck Schumer doesn't care. He just came out yesterday talking about a pathway to citizenship. I so know. look, the Democrats only million. care about the issue that's going to help them get elected. Yeah. Just that simple. All right, we got to get to work for the American people. Let's switch gears to this uh, uh, President Biden's bailout of, of student loan debt to the two to five hundred billion. And even short of that, by the way, he's now extended the moratorium on payment uh, until June, something he said he wasn't going to do. He said it was going to be over in December. That's another forty billion dollars on top of the two hundred billion we've already spent. I mean, how does this thing end? Well, this is where Congress has to do its job and actually go back in and unwind a lot of these presidential uh, emergencies that are created by executive order. He's using an emergency uh, doctrine from COVID-19 to extend these moratoriums. It's outrageous. So this is Congress's fault. We have to reassert our authority um, in the federal bureaucracy and the federal government and take away some of these powers from the executive. What he's doing is playing politics. He is buying votes, pure and simple. And for my friends on the other side of the aisle who want to talk about democracy is always on the line, when the president abuses his authority to literally buy votes from the American people, that is destructive of our democracy. The president should not be doing this anymore. COVID-19 has long since been an issue. Nobody's even talking about it anymore. But he's doing this simply to buy votes and to keep his approval numbers up yeah. long enough because the rest of his agenda has been a disaster. Well, by the way, it's predicated not only on the emergency, but also on the HEROES Act, which goes way back, and it just doesn't fit at all. So when the Supreme Court gets it, I'm sure they're going to throw it out. But will it have gone too far? That is, will millions of people have signed these notes saying, you know, I deserve the, 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 the student loan forgiveness because I've, of this and that and what the president has suggested. I mean, is, is it possible to claw back uh, the money that's been spent? I mean, that, that's going to be tough to do. 
Uh, we can definitely do it, but the truth is it has gone too far. It has to be clawed back. We can't just wait for the Supreme Court mm. or any court to solve these problems. That's why you got to have men and women in Congress. Yes, I'm looking at you, Georgia, because Raphael Warnock is going to sign off on all this stuff and everything's going to be okay. Mm. You got to have men and women in Congress who are going to do the right thing. Any silly emergencies that Joe Biden or frankly anybody else yeah. continues to use only for political gain. All it right. is not helping the country long term what we need to do is just hold those accountable that we elect to go to congress and represent us there if we the people would do that it may it, it may sound really difficult but it's not that difficult we the people tell them we have the voice you have the voice i mean all of what's happening in california it just boggles my mind when i hear that the californian people are allowing their governor, Gavin Newsom, to single-handedly get away with the crap that he's getting away with. I can tell you this, it wouldn't fly in Louisiana. We're not a big state, but we would not let our leaders in Baton Rouge do what he is allowing or he's allowed to do. And by the way, I got to make an apology. I call the incoming Speaker of the House Mike McCarthy. It's Kevin McCarthy. The reason I did, I have a friend that I've had for decades and his name, obviously, is Mike McCarthy. But speaking about California, we've got California friends and followers and supporters that are listening in this morning. Your governor is planning. He's not even trying to hide it, but he's planning to run for president, run for the Democrat nominee nomination in 2024. If you're eating some leftover pumpkin pie or something this morning. I know you're still drinking your coffee. It's only 7.40 there. Give us a call and share with us your thoughts about Gavin Newsom leaving California headed for Washington, D.C. Byron Donalds, the congressman you just heard, was talking about legislation that those people, the House of Representatives, have to pass and got to get ready to tee it up on January 3rd. The Georgia Supreme Court yesterday, well, actually late Wednesday, they teed it up reinstating the Peach State's heartbeat bill after one Fulton County judge, a left-wing judge, by the way, that's in Atlanta, overturned it. It banned most abortions after six weeks as fetal heartbeat is typically detected by then. Six weeks. As Breitbart News reported late Wednesday, Fulton County Judge Robert McBurney struck down Georgia's abortion ban, attempting to read the right to abortion into the state's constitution. Kind of the same way that Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey were read into the constitution, but really weren't part of the constitution. McBurney's opinion came after the overturn of Ray and Rowan Casey and Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization made a blatant appeal to substantive due process. That's the invention of constitutional rights by the judiciary saying, quote, this ruling is merely a reinforcement of what ought to be for everyone, the uncontroversial motion that if the judicial branch has declared a constitutional right, legislatures exceed their authority and properly expand their role and fundamentally after the balance struck by the separation of powers when they enact laws they know to be plainly and facially unconstitutional. Let me give you 
the skinny for that. The way all of these judges infer meaning into their opinions on a lot of constitutional measures that come before them is they sit themselves in the seat of power to be able to impute what the justices, what our forefathers meant when they wrote these bills instead of strictly adhering to the content of the Constitution on laws. And if it's not in the Constitution, it cannot be constitutional unless, of course, it was specifically passed by the United States House of Representatives and Senate. So Georgia's Supreme Court put the heartbeat bill, the ban on abortion, after six weeks, put it back in play, and I applaud them. Have you uh, paid attention to the election stuff during your holiday? I don't even like to go back there, but we've got to. Listen to this. This is going to blow your mind. A memory card in Cobb County, Georgia, which is northwest of Atlanta, it was overlooked. And the memory card contains uncounted ballots. And those votes on that memory card changed the final results of a special election. The county's Board of Elections voted to recertify the results of their November 8th Kennesaw City Council special election, and they did that during a November 8th meeting last week. The recertification was necessary because workers found a memory card that had not been included in the previous results. The additional ballots resulted in a change in the Kennesaw City Council post one special election. I bring that up to tell you, just because somebody tells us these are the results of the voting and that we've counted every legal vote and every vote we've put in to be counted is legal. Besides telling us that, it ain't been happening. And it gets worse. Two rural Arizona counties, not Maricopa County in Phoenix, two rural counties have voted to delay certifying their ballot canvases as some in the Republican claim voters were disenfranchised. Cochise County, a Republican-leaning area in the state's southeastern corner, they delayed its certification on Friday of last week after three conspiracy theorists claimed the county's vote-counting machines were not properly certified. Those three convinced Cochise's two Republican supervisors to delay certifying the results until a November 28th deadline in a two-to-one vote. Little places, folks, but little places and every voter's vote in those little places should be counted. Arizona Elections Director Corey Lorick refuted the allegations at Friday's meeting detailing that although the labs used to test voting machines did not receive updated certification ahead of the midterms, the U.S. Elections Assistance Commission had confirmed they were in compliance. Lorick called it an administrative error. So the equipment used there 
is properly certified under both federal and state laws and the requirements in the law. The claims that the SLI testing labs were not properly accredited are false. And she went on to note that the men who spoke at Friday's meeting had filed similar claims in court, but the Arizona Supreme Court rejected their arguments. Election fraud. (laughs) Election conspiracy. Then there's Arizona Carrie Lake. And she says, quote, I will become governor. Carrie Lake, news personality in Arizona. If you've ever spent any time in Arizona and watched television and television news there, you've seen her. Gubernatorial candidate. She proclaimed that she will become governor after the state attorney general's office demanded explanation about alleged election day problems in the state's largest county, and everybody around the globe knows that's Maricopa County, principally Phoenix. Carrie Lake was responding to the Attorney General Mark Bronovich's office that opened an investigation into polling issues in Maricopa County, of all places. And those include Phoenix and other smaller cities following ballot tabulation issues, and those issues were confirmed by Maricopa County officials on November 8th. Assistant AG Jennifer Wright, she demanded that evidence be turned over on or before Maricopa County submits its official canvas to the Secretary of State. As of the morning of Wednesday, Lake was trailing Democrat Secretary of State Katie Hobbs by about 18,000 votes. Last week, Hobbs declared victory in the race. Carrie Lake said, I don't know what the solution will be, but I still believe I will become governor and we are going to restore honesty in our elections. On the 17th, that's a week and a day ago, Lake said she would continue her fight in the state's governor's race after Hobbs declared victory. Now I'm busy here collecting evidence and data. Rest assured, I have assembled the best and brightest legal team and we are exploring every avenue to correct the many wrongs that have been done this past week. I'm doing everything in my power to right these wrongs. My resolve to fight for you is higher than ever. Since then, Lake has posted videos from voters, a bunch of voters who say they had uh, issues casting their votes during election day. I just can't believe this. It, every election, it just goes on and on and on in Maricopa County. Why is that? Come up with a reason. Think about it. Think it through with me. Why would this be happening in the biggest county in Arizona, biggest city in Arizona, Phoenix, of course, every election? Do you think it may have something to do with the fact that um, the attorney general's spot, the governor's spot that is up for grabs, the election is being run by one of the two candidates in the runoff for the governorship, Hobbs. She's the secretary of state right now. And it's on her watch. All the votes are counted. Why didn't somebody in Arizona before the election, 
before the primaries were even done for the Democrat candidate for governor, why did they not take legal action and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. We know we have a very big election problem in Maricopa County. We saw it in 2020 and it hadn't been fixed. They tell us it hasn't been fixed. They don't have confidence that the election process in Maricopa County this year is fixed and ready to go. But by the way, one of the two candidates running in the race, Katie Hobbs, is it Katie? Anyway, Hobbs is her last name. She's the Secretary of State. She's running the election. We need to have her recuse herself and have nothing to do with it. It didn't happen. So there's another fly in the ointment here. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. His name came up. Well, it wasn't the Bill Gates. (laughs) It was a Maricopa County official, Bill Gates, and the recorder, Stephen Riker, told reporters that a printer issue was to blame instructed affected voters to place their ballots in drop boxes. These complaints go beyond pure speculation, but include firsthand witness accounts that raise concerns regarding Maricopa's lawful compliance with Arizona election laws. Furthermore, statements made by both Chairman Gates and Recorder Riker, along with information Maricopa County released through official modes of communication, appear to confirm statutory violations of Title 16. Katie Hobbs declared victory in the week after the Associated Press and other news outlets called the race for. A spokesperson for her office told local media last week she's preparing already a transition team. Our job is to find the people who are, whether they're Democrat, Independent, or Republican, that reflect Arizona reflect the diversity of Arizona, and can help deal with some of the challenges that the administration is going to face. Hobbs faced criticism from Carrie Lake and other Republicans for not recusing herself from handling the state's election duties. i got to be honest with you, Katie Hobbs, the worst decision she made was not to, in court, before the general election, file a motion disqualifying Hobbs because she simply was the person that is challenged by the Constitution of the state of Arizona to run the elections, and she did. Now, I'm not saying she cheated, not saying that at all, but what I am saying, it's a little bit suspicious that the Secretary of State who ran this election somehow didn't recuse herself from running the election because she's in the election. I may be from Louisiana and be a dummy down in the bayou, but I'm not stupid, and that's stupid. We're here asking people from all over what they think of lifting green tea. Let's hear what people from Texas have to say. Mm -mm. How about China? Mm. Germany? Mm. How about people from the North Pole? Mm. Or Mars. What about mimes? Oh, right. People with their jaws wired shut? Oh. Yeah, a barbershop quartet. Mm. 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 
Oh, you guys are great. How about race car drivers? What about you, high school glee club, here on a field trip? Well, that settles it. It sounds like everyone loves the taste of Lipton green tea. With its protective antioxidants from real tea, it's not just good for you, it's mmm to you. Lipton tea can do that. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. Only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the claim-free discount, which gives you money off your homeowner's policy if you've been claim-free for three consecutive years. Also applies for three successive years, three years straight, and what's known to insurance fans as the claim-free three-peat. Get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now for the legal something. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers' branded policies subject to terms and conditions underwritten by Farmers Trucker Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. In a world where a president can be censored by social media in his own country, you need a break from the madness. Your doctor of sanity again, Dan Newman. You know, I just, I just cannot get this thing out of my brain that we in the United States of America cannot assure voters that our voter process is legal and fair in every election. It's not that difficult, folks. I mean, the, the safest election process on the planet is not here in the United States, and I'm sure I don't need to tell you that. It's not in the United Kingdom. It's not in Australia or New Zealand. Certainly not in Russia or Germany. It's in Afghanistan. Afghanistan, of all places, they have the safest election operation on the planet. You know what they do? Everybody votes in person, and it's a manual vote, and there's a card. You come to your voting place where you're supposed to vote. You identify yourself. They confirm through ID, picture ID, that you're the right person, and you hand them the card that you just filled out while they were looking and they put it in a box. Well, how do they stop cheating? Before you can leave the voting precinct, an armed guard, a Taliban guard, with an automatic weapon, an AK-47 over his shoulder, he stops you and makes you stick your forefinger in a jar of indelible ink, bright purple. Why do they do that? It will not come off without peeling the skin totally away on your finger. It won't come off for more than a week. So you can't go somewhere else and cheat. Now, am I saying we need to have armed guards at our election precincts? I'm not saying that at all, although we may get to that, and someday soon we may find ourselves there. What we need to understand is when you make elections 
computer-operated, you automatically are opening yourself up for voter fraud. We've seen it for sure in every election since 2016. Nobody with integrity will tell you otherwise. We have voter machine irregularities. And if you haven't seen the movie 2,000 Mules, download it and watch it. It will, if it doesn't confirm that there was voter fraud in 2020 in your mind, I get that. But it will confirm, if you're objective in any way, that we do have massive problems in our election systems. Actually, the systems. And what the Democrats wanted to do in 2020 was make the federal government be totally responsible for elections in each one of the 50 states. That would be a nightmare, and thankfully, that did not pass in Congress, or we would be looking down even worse corruption than we're seeing happen in certain spots around the nation right now. We've just got, we as the people in our various states, we've got to make our state's voter operations safe and legal. We the people have got to do that. If we don't do it, we're going to have irregularities in every voting every election cycle in the voting. Now, we still have problems going on, as we heard about just a few minutes ago, in Atlanta, Georgia. Come on now. We're talking about a huge city, a huge county around it in Cobb County, just northwest of the city of Atlanta. And here we are on the 25th of November. The election was November 8th. And we're still having problems getting the vote tallies verified. Now, probably a bigger thing in the aftermath of the election in 2022, this election, where in Atlanta and in Georgia, Stacey Abrams ran against incumbent Governor Brian Kemp, and Kemp soundly defeated Abrams. We still have some stuff going on there, as we told you, but also... Stacey Abrams, is she's thrown all her weight into helping Raphael Warnock, that incumbent senator, U.S. senator, that is running against Herschel Walker in a special election coming up in a couple of weeks. And her reinforcement of Raphael Warnock is not working like she planned. Democrats' voter turnout operation, including the new Georgia project, that is her bailiwick, Stacey Abrams. It's failing. It's failing to make critical outreach to voters ahead of this upcoming Senate runoff on the 6th. Black turnout is Dan down. Mobilization was ineffective in 2022. That's according to Trey Johnson, director of the Survey Research Center at the University of Georgia, when he was asked about voter turnout in our Two weeks ago, general election. Johnson mentioned the lack of appropriate spending by Dems, as well as the strong campaign of Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia. He won re-election by 7.5% over Abrams. The runoff is a turnout battle, he said. And accepting Trump, the Republicans generally do well, Johnson added, suggesting that Republican candidate Herschel Walker may benefit from these circumstances as he's seeking to win that Senate seat from Raphael Warnock. 
experts mostly agree that Democrats in Georgia or not have been not as active as in 2020 when Donald Trump was on the ballot for his reelection. Abrams also failed to turn out voters in key Democrat strongholds like Henry County, Savannah, Augusta, and the suburbs of Atlanta. Four years earlier, we constantly saw outside groups canvassing for Abrams in the same areas. This last election, we ran into one group, only one, showing up for racial justice that was canvassing, and that was maybe for three days, he said. He added it was odd not to see them as well. A yard sign and large campaign signs were not out for Abrams nor hardly any other Democrat candidate. The lack of the visible efforts to turn out voters, it usually means trouble for Democrats, given that runoff elections generally have lower turnout than do the general elections. There are two objectives in a runoff. Bring your November voters back to the polls, turn out non-voters, and turnout has so far been disappointing in Georgia for the Democrats. Democrat voter turnout efforts run by Abrams made no innovations to creatively turn out voters to the detriment of Warnock's runoff campaign. In other words, they only have a couple of weeks, and it's not looking good for Warnock in that runoff election against Herschel Walker. I got to be honest with you. This is the first time that I can remember in a highly politicized and very critical runoff election for Democrats and for Republicans. We're hearing that the Republicans are not active. And Stacey Abrams has been the one running as the boss of the Democrat operations to get Warnock reelected. It's going to be interesting to see who comes out on election day. And of course, that's all that ever matters is who comes out, Republicans, conservative Republicans, or Democrats, leftist Democrats. And so far, talking to people that are there on the street, it looks like Republicans have the nod in this upcoming runoff election. So this Title 42 thing keeps coming back. It's about to expire at the end of the year. If you don't know what the Title 42 policy is, it's an executive order that was first put in place by Donald Trump as president, and that was during the COVID-19 pandemic. If any illegal coming to the southern border, if they were positive with COVID, even if they weren't and their position or condition was unknown, they were COVID positive or not, they could be and they were returned immediately to their nation of origin. It's still in place. Biden, of course, tried to overturn it. The Supreme Court said he couldn't do it, but it will expire at the end of December. Arizona, Louisiana, Alabama, Alaska, Kansas, Kentucky, Mississippi, Nebraska, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Texas, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming joined forces and asked D.C. Judge Emmett Sullivan if they could intervene in the case in which Title 42, which has been used to expel 1 million migrants, more than that, to mitigate COVID-19 pandemic, was overturned, according to the request. Sullivan ruled on the 15th 
that the Biden administration must end the policy in late December, giving them time to prepare for an expected influx of illegal migrants at the southern border. And if you think the 2 million that we know about that came in this past year is a big number, you wait and see what happens if Title 42 expires and there's no kind of policy that's put in place to try to make it stay. You think 2 million is a big number. We'll be looking at 3 to 5 million. Because invalidation of the Title 42 orders will directly harm the states. They now seek to intervene to offer a defense of the Title 42 policy so that its validity can be resolved on the merits rather than through strategic surrender. That's what the Republican states wrote to Judge Sullivan. Republican state also argued against the Biden administration's change of tune on the policy after it previously fought against their previous attempts to keep it in place. The states have sovereign and quasi-sovereign interest in controlling their borders, limiting the persons present within those borders, excluding persons carrying communicable diseases, and the enforcement of immigration law, the filing said. Now let me tell you what's going to happen. This is going to end up again at the Supreme Court. Hopefully, the court will hear it on an emergency basis in the next couple of weeks. There's no doubt in my mind that any reasonable judge or justice will look at this and understand the federal government has not done their job that each of them constitutionally is required to do to enforce our border. It's constitutionally the right and the obligation to enforce our borders. It's the enforcement policy exclusively of the federal government. What are states supposed to do when the government doesn't do what they are supposed to do? And it's absolutely impacting each of these border states. And this federal government is doing nothing to stop it from happening. They're not making the administration enforce the law, even though Joe Biden and every member in his Department of Homeland Security swore an oath to do just that. Why hasn't anybody, maybe they haven't, I just don't know about it, filed an emergency action, a bill with the U.S. Supreme Court? Because this is the big kahuna coming up at the end of December. And we're just weeks away from that happening. Southern border stuff, oh my gosh. We just hear it so, I think we're getting numb to it. Americans in, in large part, they just seem to forget about it. And the states, when they try to do something, what happens? The federal government slap a lawsuit against the states. Governors at these southern borders are doing the best they can to protect their people and it's not being really effective. I mean, we hear stories at the borders of Texas and Arizona, New Mexico, and even California, where all kinds of wrongdoing is happening. 800 immigrants. I'm not talking about Americans, but 800 immigrants are struggling with all this. We got a call coming in. Let's see who this is. Who is this this morning? 
Are you there? I've got a problem. Hang on just a second. Hey, caller, could you hang up and call me right back? Give me about 30 or 40 seconds. We've got a phone issue. I'm going to reconnect it. Call me right back. I don't know what that was about. Our studio phone line, it just said it was dead. And he was on the phone. <laughs> Let's see if we can get this get this back. It's the day after, and most of most everybody is on vacation, and I get that, taking time off. I appreciate all of you that are there. But this southern border thing, it is taxing these states. We just don't even know the criminality. Just think about that. Forget about the money. Forget about that, but think about the criminality. The only state that has done a comprehensive report of problems that happen at the southern border is Texas, and they say 600,000 criminal acts have happened against people there. Let me see if we've got this guy there. Are you there now? Uh, Hang on. I don't know what the heck is going on, but uh, we show you're there. Are you there? Well, let me try a different way. No, 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 no. I I got you now. I problem. I'm sorry. We had a little little problem (laughs) in the studio. Who's this? This is Peter from California. You were uh, encouraging somebody to call about Gavin Newsom and how uh, effed up things are in California already. Well, let me ask Um, you. Let me ask you a question. Peter, Peter, let me ask you a question. Yeah, sure. Um, You sit under his leadership as governor. And looking at everything that you are personally experiencing, you and people you know in California, uh, under Gavin Newsom's watch, are you supportive of him running for the Democrat nomination coming up? Oh, heck heck no. And I I don't think that people, I mean, I think he lost the recall vote, to be honest with you. But, you know, we're still using these Dominion voting machines and, it's like, you know, there's an elephant in the room. It's enormous. And it's a small room. And you can only get so many people around the elephant. But nobody's looking at the elephant going, what is that down here? Dominion voting machines are still used all across California. We know from the extensive study that, the you know, engineers, the software engineers, the hardware engineers have looked at these. I mean, these things are the most manipulatable. Well, look at the ownership. I mean, the ownership history of the company. And <clears throat> nobody wants to talk about it. Well, it's, it's like, I think a lot of people do want to talk about it, but they all expect, especially liberals, for all the news to come from mainstream media. And if the mainstream media is not talking about it, then <clears throat> it's not an issue. Well, if you want to know where the corruption is managed in Sacramento, um, through is is all of the media outlets. I mean, you know, start with Google, MSNBC, I mean, all of them. And we're seeing now that those relationships have existed for a while, even for the FBI, to go and illegally collect data and survey people. But, I mean, the the, the fact I think that's most important is that the, the Newsom-Pelosi family is a crime syndicate. It's, you know, I doubt Pelosi is so popular that she keeps getting reelected because look at San Francisco. 
it's a mess. It's a disaster. If you live there, and San Francisco's not a cheap zip, nowhere in San Francisco is a cheap zip code to live, those people care about their property. They care about what they find when they exit their front door in the morning. And it's not good right now. It's not been good for a while. So, but, so bad, bad leadership, oh. bad leadership. <laughs> in the case of most circumstances, it comes from top down. But in the case of what you're talking about right now, it begins on the local level, which is Nancy Pelosi, even though she's not local, she has extreme power up in San Francisco. And look at what mm-hmm. that city is and dealing Feinstein. with. Yeah. And Feinstein, yes. Right. Um, yeah. So what, what, um, ro- what, role does, what role does Newsom play in that? Well, he it's a quid pro quo. If he's going to be president, you know, there's a bunch of people that, that decided that Biden was going to be president. It had nothing to do with the people that thought they elected him. And if he's going to be president, he's going to have to agree to a whole series of things. What um, I know you've talked about it. It gets, kind of gets passed over, but people don't understand what's happening in this country right now um, at the hands of people like George Soros and people that are even more powerful is they are creating division. And there's a purpose. There's a real reason for that because they look back at history. If you divide people, <clears throat> then you can break them up into small groups and you have to look at the alternative. If everybody in America is happy, their jobs are great and secure and the economy is wonderful, gas prices are low, you know, low if everything, including education, is, is, is optimized, everybody in this country would be happy. <laughs> But you can't have that. So how do you screw that up? Well, you do it with this, um, you know, the weird dimensions of Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ, you know, gender identity, pronouns. Um, and, you know, you think, oh, no, nobody's going to do that. They're doing it. It's in your face. They don't believe in, in, in you know, changing genders. Even George Soros doesn't, unless he's a pedophile. And he may be. But... They want to create division, and the news media can pick up on it and scream. California, if your children go to school here, they have to be vaccinated. Wait, what? Wait, wait, no. Go back a little bit, because we already know that the vaccines are dangerous. I mean, they're so harmful in such large numbers, CDC, FDA has got to stop it. Why aren't they? There's another elephant. Okay, look around is because the people that tell the news media what to publish, what not to publish, they're telling them no. I mean, the people, the warriors that are bringing these cases to court are amazing, and they're getting there. But if you're you know, a 16-year-old high school student injured by a vaccine in the hospital and you're having these seizures and you have <clears throat> neurological problems that began to occur immediately, and you go on social media and you want to share your experience with your friends, TikTok, you know, Google, WhatsApp, they'll take it down. <laughs> they don't want anyone to see what horrible thing the vaccines are, are causing, what, what horrible conditions. It's in your face. California is in your face. They have been so corrupt for so long, they don't care that you can see their indiscretions because... I- they control the media. I think, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I think what I think what is happening 
they have sowed seeds in so many sectors of our lives that it's almost like the whack-a-mole game. You hit one, you tackle one, and the second you even try to tackle it, another one pops up over here. And they're all so important, we can't ignore any of them, but it's impossible when our government is feeding every one of them instead of taking them on one at a time and doing what they're constitutionally committed to do for the American people. Well, there's there's another big thing going on here, and uh, Candace Owens is making a big thing of it, bless her heart. Um, pedophilia and child trafficking in Hollywood. And it's not a joke. It's not a rumor. It's very real, according to all the people that have been there, seen it. And the ones that have tried to talk about it, they end up dead. You know, Anthony Bourdain was uh, told his friends that he was going to go public with information that he couldn't live with about pedophilia in Hollywood. And he hung himself. I mean, he was like the happiest guy in the world. Yeah. How, you know, yeah. you could dine free at all the best restaurants anywhere in the world. That is not something that makes you want to hang yourself. Um, the Anne Hesh, she apparently, according to people that knew her, um, also was going to come out against child trafficking and pedophilia. Um, you know, we've had a lot of interesting deaths. Um, you know, going back to Andy Breitbart. Um, in California, anyway, if you are going to stand up and speak loudly, these people have a habit of dying. Michael Hastings, another reporter that, you know, it was very interesting because they blew up his car and then they tried to say, and then when I said blow up, the engine and transmission were like 150 feet before where the car stopped and just kind of nudged up against a palm tree. And then another explosion went off. That, I mean, Mercedes might have a few falls, but they don't have that problem. And also the fire department, the police department, <clears throat> the LA Times, anybody who would normally report on that, including they were so powerful, they got to his wife. And she was saying, oh, yeah, it must have just been an accident. And she wouldn't talk anything about what he was about to disclose and he was a, a brilliant journalist so they um you know they obviously threaten people and they seem to be able to terminate people and i'm hoping that a <clears throat> republican congress will fix this because that's kind of where we need to go well you've got you've got kevin mccarthy that is the incoming speaker of the house Mm-hmm. And you have a big contingency out there of members in the House of Representatives. You you guys flip several seats, which is a great sign. And then you've got a massive amount of support from millions of Americans, maybe, just maybe, doing legislation this time will work. But don't rely on Gavin Newsom to sign any of these bills in place in the the. Uh, government in California because he is all in for everything, whatever it takes and whatever bill he has to get passed and signed that goes against what you're talking about, your state needs. Uh, He's going to run hard, hard left for the next two years because he wants that Democrat nomination very bad. Well, there's people that are telling him he's already got it. I'm sure of that. And Pelosi is probably one of them. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, he's going to be, uh, I mean, shoot, they got a Biden into the White House and he wouldn't come out of his basement. I wouldn't be surprised if Newsom follows kind of the same strategy. Keep him out of the public wine line. I mean, Dan, downtown uh, two weeks ago, and gas was seven dollars and ninety nine cents a gallon. <laughs> That's crazy. That's a particular reason, Dan. I know. I mean, just because you're downtown. Yeah. And it was a Chevron station. <laughs> um, it's now starting to fall below five dollars in a few places, but um, it, I'm. I'm sorry if you voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> you um, you need to admit now that you made a mistake. And I know a lot of your listeners haven't, but look around. There's nothing he has done that has improved. You know, I had this conversation <coughs> with um, a guy the other day. He said, "Okay, tell me what what has Biden done?" And he thought for a minute. He goes, uh, "He's made pot legal federally." <laughs> and I, I went, or, "Or no, he's pardoning all the people that were." arrested for marijuana crimes <laughs> and i'm thinking okay <laughs> that's that's what we're going with all righty you know what um, you know what's interesting about that in california we looked up some of the stuff um most of the people that are in jail that were in jail simply for possession of marijuana they pled down uh-huh. to that from something else even armed robbery uh oh we got a guy we got a guy in the in the prosecutor's office and we want to get this case. Nobody was hurt, but we we want to get this thing resolved. So if you'll plead to just marijuana possession, we'll drop the other charges. Public doesn't know about yes. that. Uh, so any anyway office, anyway, Peter, if you would between now and uh, the election and any other time, you got something because you're you're in California. You can talk about it better than we can back in Louisiana. Please sure. give us a call and keep us up to date on what's going on out there. Okay. Love the show. <clears throat> keep up the great work. Thank you, buddy. Peter in California listening this morning. And, uh, he, uh, obviously he has a different perspective than most of us can have just because he's in the fray. We're going to go to the Southern border and something going on down there. Governor Abbott has done it again, and this one's a biggie, and it's not sending illegals anywhere else in the country. It's tackling this issue personally at the southern border of Texas. What can milk do? Well, it can turn you into a morning person. It can help fuel some pretty tough stuff. And it can definitely make cartoons funnier. No, it can't. Oh, well, you can have a little edge. But come on, even kitties love it. It'll keep up with you at any age. It makes engines whir and creme brulee cremy. It's one of the easiest labels you'll ever read. And anything that makes this happen is pretty special. In fact, what can't milk do? Hi, Tom Bodette, quote, checking in on my smartphone. Everyone's checking in nowadays at airports, restaurants, appointments with certain medical specialists. Seriously, people, TMI. Anyway, thanks to the Motel 6 mobile app, you can book a clean, comfortable room at Motel 6 on your smartphone and get a great rate. Then when you get to Motel 6, you can check in after you check in. Your friends will be totes jealous. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. Starbucks Via Instant is made with the same 100% Arabica beans served at Starbucks. 
So it's the only instant with the rich, delicious taste of the Starbucks coffees you love and takes only seconds to make. Starbucks Via Instant, the only instant coffee of its kind. Available in black flavored lattes and iced coffee. Does it matter to you that all our chefs are well-trained? Or that our kitchens are both SLSI and GMP certified? That we freshly bake goodies throughout the day? Well, it matters to us to know that your family will enjoy every bite. At Kiehl's, we're fresh because of what we do. But more than that, we're fresh because of you. I kind of like songs like, let's, I, no, I'm, we're not going to, I was going to let you listen to more of the song. I like it. If there's, there's four people in that group. You have a drummer, a bass player, a guitar player, and a singer. It's so much difference music is right now. And I'm a musician. Um, I was executive producer of a, a couple of albums that were Grammy nominated. I like clean music like that and I'm not saying I don't like a lot of music that there's out there today but they get it it everything's produced in a studio it's not a lot of live stuff and concerts are very very loud and manipulated and run electronically I just like it clean clean get up there with just four people try that I'll never forget the one of the first Congress, uh, Congress. First concerts I, I saw in person when I was in college, was um, Bill Withers. He came to Louisiana Tech, and there were four of them: bass player, guitar player, drummer, and him. That was it. And it was a phenomenal concert. And that was right after "Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone" when that went to number one in in the nation. And it was just really, really great. And it sounded on stage just like it sounded when it was played as a record. And that's what we played them at. It, it was all records back then. There were no cassettes. There were no CDs. It was all live. And they just, they just, did, they just did a great job. Anyway, back to business as usual. Yes. Stuff at the southern border is nuts right now. Greg Abbott, he's tried to awaken the nation and leaders around the nation, mayors and governors, to the plight of those southern border states, especially in his state. And he's been doing it by shipping these illegal migrants to these big cities around the nation, places that are declared as sanctuary cities. But then when they get illegals that come up there, they're dumped and it's not dumped. None of them are dumped. I need to make that clear. The governor of Texas, he coordinates with not nonprofits in these big cities that actually receive that these migrants that come up there, and they get the same service that they get and have been getting for years at the southern border when they come in at Texas, across the Texas border. But it's not stopping and certainly this administration is in no way stopping these immigrants from coming in and being flooded in. And so Abbott, 
is taking some uh, quasi-military steps to help stop it. Governor Greg Abbott's administration has directed the state's military to send tank-like vehicles to 10 spots on the international boundary after declaring an invasion at the Texas-Mexico border. Texas military department officials told the Washington Examiner that the Texas National Guard will deploy 10 M113 armored personnel carriers to the southern border. Well, the Texas National Guard is deploying 10 armored vehicles to the border to fight the high number of migrant encounters. 50 soldiers will be trained to operate the armored personnel vehicles designed to carry troops into battle, typically. The tanks will be stationed at 10 positions along the border to turn back immigrants trying to cross the border illegally. And I... Additionally, the state will increase aircraft flights over certain regions through the, the department did not specify how many flights or helicopters would be dispatched. These actions are part of a larger strategy to use every available tool to fight back against the record-breaking level of illegal immigration. That's what the military department said in a statement. Quote, the Texas National Guard is taking unprecedented measures to safeguard our border and to repel and turn back immigrants trying to cross the border illegally. On Twitter, Governor Abbott wrote that the Texas Military Department service members work side-by-side side with the Texas Department of Public Safety and other law enforcement to stop illegal activities from crossing the Texas-Mexico border. Thank you for keeping our state safe. Last week was the first time in modern history that a state declared an invasion at its border with Mexico, allowing it to defend itself because the federal government has failed to protect its citizens. He said he invoked the invasion clause of the U.S. and Texas Constitution to fully authorize and to take uh, authorize Texas to take unprecedented measures to defend our state against an invasion. That was the statement last Tuesday. He said he's using the constitutional authority and other authorization and executive orders to keep our state and country safe. Additionally, he listed bullet points of initiatives that the state of Texas had commenced over the past year and a half, including deploying Texas National Guard and Texas state troopers to the border, returning some illegal immigrants to ports of entry for expulsion to Mexico and a border wall. So I, I, I wondered when I heard about this and the nature of the equipment that he's sending down there, is he, uh, is he warning these cartels in Mexico, northern Mexico, is he warning them about pending actual military action to be taken against those uh, drug lords that are bringing in all that fentanyl that's killing hundreds of thousands of Americans and also sex trafficking, human trafficking. Is he going to do anything? Let me just say this. I have a lot of respect for the governor. He's done a great job in a lot of different ways. And uh, I want this to be something that is solid, that is purposeful, and I want him to make a lot of loud noise about it. If it's going to do anything meaningful, keep it up. But if it's not, if it's just to make Texas look good, I think it's a dangerous thing to even go into. And to be quite honest with you, the way our federal government treats the government of Texas, I think he needs to be really, really careful because, and you're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you, but the cartels in Mexico have more power and more strength than does the entire state of Texas. 
Now, I know you. some of you went, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you said that because Texas, it's a huge state. They have billions of dollars coming in in tax revenue. If their government wants to spend something that will shore up that southern border and keep those cartels from bringing all these illegals up there and all these drugs, they can do it if they want to. First of all, legally, they can't. And that's the big problem. The federal government has sole constitutional power authority, and responsibility to protect our southern border, and that means in every one of those border states. They're not doing it, granted, and I'm sure the U.S. Supreme Court would look in, look in on that and see that they are not effectively doing anything to stop it. Nevertheless, when these states rise up and they say and they even attempt to do some things to protect their borders, they take lawsuits to the U.S. Supreme Court, and constitutionally, as sad as it is, this administration is not doing their constitutional job. So what kind of recourse do the Texas people, that by the way are U.S. people, what's their recourse? It's not to go get guns and go down on the southern border for themselves. It's to change the administration that's not doing it, in this case, through impeachment. Alejandro Mayorkas, Homeland Secretary of Security, he needs to go. There's no question about it. There's only two ways to get him out. He can be fired by the person who appointed him. He wasn't elected. And that person is the President of the United States, Joe Biden. Joe Biden's not going to fire him. And the only way the American people can remove him is the same way they can remove the president, through impeachment. Incoming House Speaker Kevin McCarthy made it very clear to everybody, Mayorkas is on the radar screen for impeachment. But then look at this problem. If they impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, begin with the articles of impeachment in the House, they can't kick him out. Their impeachment articles would pass across to the U.S. Senate where debate would be held even if the majority leader in the Senate, which is Mitch McConnell, if he agreed to have debate on impeachment articles coming against Mayorkas. It's a horrible process. And the only option that Republicans have about removing Mayorkas and if they go after this president, Joe Biden, would be through the power of the purse. They have sole power to control any and all federal money that goes to individual states. Now, they couldn't, through that, they couldn't stop, they couldn't force this administration to do something about it, but they could squeeze it so hard that it would certainly get the attention of the President of the United States And he would have to take action at that particular point. But do you think Joe Biden gives a rip? I don't. I don't think he cares. I think the die is cast. I think he is feckless. I think he doesn't make any decisions on his own, that it's being made by people in his party. And I think past leaders are heavily involved in that. Who would that be? Well, that would be Joe Biden. President of the United States, and he's not doing his job. And the American people, until the next election, 
2024. Can't really do anything about it without beating up on their state legislators. And then we just told you they can't remove anybody from office. It has to come from the White House. Now we are living through and seeing firsthand what's so stinking important about presidential elections. And listen, I got to tell you, that 2018 election, that 2020 election, the 2022 elections, more and more and more, it looks to me like the U.S. election system across the board is tainted, is tainted. And the people, we the people, are the only ones that can change any of and all of the things that go into tainting those elections. We the people have got to stand up and make them do the right thing. Undeniably the go-to source for nonpartisan, spin-free news from the world. Real truth, real news, TNN, the Truth News Network. Do you mind? I was in a good place, and the world changed. Daily uncertainties became huge struggles. I've missed so much, especially the grandkids. A lot happened to all of us. It's okay to not feel fine. Small things each day go a long way. Make time for you. Take Take care. care. Me. Create a healthier relationship with your mind. Search Dear Mind for more. Authorised by the Queensland Government, Brisbane. In the steel industry, we dedicate our careers to supporting this country, making products to build infrastructure and skylines, creating jobs, supporting families. And when domestic materials are used, the money stays in our communities. That's what really matters. These people, these places, that's worth supporting. Facts and evidence is all you'll see and hear on TNN, the Truth News Network. Find it exclusively at truthnewsnet.org. Are you one of those people that really cashed in big on the housing situation over the last few years? I mean, you were buying homes in almost every place in America, buying homes, keeping them three, four, five years. And when you go to sell them, they're selling for many times 20 30, even 40% more than you paid for them just three or four years ago. I hate to tell you, but those days are gone. There's no place in the United States where that can happen now. And the reason is both in the housing construction sector and in the mortgage sector, the cost of buying a house now It's gone through the roof in just a couple of months. Why is that? It's because all all the government spending, all that money that Joe Biden spent, and he made it possible by calling it, we got to do it for the American people because of COVID-19 and the pandemic. It was an artificial pandemic. He still won't say that it's over, even though privately he has said it many times and been caught on microphone saying it is over. He thinks that's the way he can get justification for his student loan forgiveness debacle. That is not going to happen, by the way. He gets really bad information. He doesn't think this stuff up. 
there's somebody. I mean, he's being the Wizard of Oz, and somebody behind the screen is really doing the deal. We know that. But the student loan thing, he did it before the election to amp up and get some votes for Democrats in the midterms because they were really struggling. And in fact, it probably worked because Republicans didn't get the number of seats flipped in the House that they really thought they would. Nevertheless, they have a margin. Hopefully it's big enough to get some things done. But the housing industry is a perfect reflection of what has cost the American people in the price of housing. And it's not changing in any way. It's actually going to be really rough. Investors bought 30% fewer homes in just the third quarter of this year compared to the same time a year ago. As high borrowing costs pressured investors out of the housing market. There was a brief plunge in the second quarter of 2020 in response to the beginning of the pandemic. Besides that, the decline was the steepest since 08 and surpassed the 27.4% overall decline in home purchases nationwide. The pandemic actually boosted demand for homes in suburban areas. That sent investors on buying sprees, and that means they raised rents in those areas because they were paying more for houses in those areas, in some cases increased it by double digits. The average 30-year fixed mortgage rate was 6.61% for the week ending November 17th. That's more than double the rate, 3.10% set for the week ending the same week in 2021. 3.1% and it doubled to 6.6%. And until the Federal Reserve eases that aggressive campaign they're in of interest rate hikes that is designed to combat inflation, until they do that, and unless they do that, rates are unlikely to return to their pandemic-era levels. It's unlikely that these investors will go back to the market in any big way anytime soon, Home prices would need to fall significantly for that to happen. This means the regular buyers who are still in the market are no longer facing fierce competition from hordes of cash risk investors like they were last year, which means you want to buy a house? Well, you're going to pay more for it, maybe. If you got a lot of cash, it may be a good time to buy a a home because, uh, You're going to be able to get it a little bit cheaper, but then you're going to lose that increase that you get on the price of the house when you go to get a mortgage. Mortgage rates have doubled under this president. Investors typically have the ability to take advantage of those low rates before general consumers are able to react. Elevated mortgage rates have sent the median income necessary to buy a median-priced house skyrocketed to $90,000, nearly double the requisite salary just three years ago. An investor may have more resources to jump in at exactly the right time when rates decline. Tricon, Tricon, a mortgage company, Its CEO, Gary Berman, told shareholders in a November earnings call 
that the firm would lean in and deploy nearly $3 billion in funding to purchase homes when the time is right. And the time ain't right right now. It just isn't. The top congresswoman besides the Speaker of the House is being investigated for alleged ethics violations. That would be Representative Carolyn Maloney, a Democrat of New York. She's under investigation for allegedly asking for an invitation to the Met Gala. The Met Gala, Metropolitan Museum of Orange. Her asking for that violates House rules and federal law on solicitation of gifts. In a June report released on November 21st, now think about that. They did a report in June. They don't release it July, August, September, October, November. Six months before they released that ethics report. The Office of Congressional Ethics said it has substantial reason to believe that Maloney may have solicited or accepted impermissible gifts associated with her Met Gala attendance in 2016. My gosh, the only reason I'm telling you about this is because it's so stupid. She asked for some tickets to an event. How many times have you ever asked for somebody that has tickets to an event if you want to go? I got to be honest with you. Through those years where I owned those two arena football teams, I can't tell you how many times I got phone calls requesting tickets to some of my games, but more likely we played in the New Orleans uh, arena across the street from the Superdome where the Saints play. And, of course, the NBA team plays in the same building that we were in. Just because we were in the building, I got calls all the time for Saints tickets and also for the NBA team in New Orleans, the Pelicans. I can only think, you know, the Met Gala, that's not a big deal. And it took them, it happened in 2016 and we're not doing anything about it and not even making it even mentioned, yet alone, a big deal six years later? These are the watchdogs that are there to protect us from ethics violations by members of the House? That's absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. You know, we, we, we'd be gone the days that we're gone, we have missed a whole lot of important things. And one of the things that is top shelf for a lot of people is this student loan debt debacle that's out there. And the president, you know why he rolled it out before the election. He rolled it out to buy votes. And his people know that it will not pass muster when it gets to the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm waiting for that to happen any day now. But he keeps doubling down and tripling down on it. More stuff coming out almost every day about this student loan forgiveness debacle. 
President Biden is once again extending the pause on student loan payments as his $400 billion student debt handout faces a series of legal setbacks. The White House yesterday announced that it was moving the date back from December 31st to the end of June or 60 days after there's a court order approval of that student loan program as they push the Supreme Court to rule on the plan. My administration has been working to provide student debt relief to millions of working and middle-class families across the country. But Republican special interests and elected officials sued to deny this relief. But I'm completely confident my plan is legal. But right now, it's on hold because of these lawsuits. But it isn't fair to ask tens of millions of borrowers eligible for relief to resume their student debt payments while the courts consider the lawsuit. For that reason, the Secretary of Education is extending the pause on student loan payments while we seek relief from the courts. So the plan is legal, but the outgoing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi seems to disagree. Carly, take a listen. Mm. People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone. He can delay. But he does not have that power. So that's not even a discussion. They, not everybody realizes that. And the Eighth oh, Circuit agrees with Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> uh, yeah, power of the purse, uh, House of Representatives, Congress. This is going through the legal system. And that's why he's continuing to extend this, because it's going to get it's likely going to get shot down, per Nancy Pelosi's own words. Uh, keep in mind, as we talk about this, 73% of borrowers, according to CNBC, said that they plan to spend money saved on by Biden's student loan forgiveness on travel and dining out, vacations <laughs> and dinners. And that's because this is not necessary. The unemployment rate among college graduates is 1.9%. That's similar to pre-pandemic levels. And then you have this Federal Reserve study in May that found that borrowers are in a better financial position because of all the stimulus checks. Uh, so the president, though extending this, shouldn't come as a surprise to anybody. His immediate initial reaction after the midterm elections was that he isn't going to change any of his policy proposals or plans because there wasn't a red wave. So he's all in on this, even though it's completely unfair to people who didn't go to college or paid off their loans. It's totally unfair. Um, Kat, it's also likely illegal. The Supreme Court will probably rule in the way the Eighth Circuit did based on the way the law and the facts are. Um, but Joe Biden, maybe they'll listen to him because he seems to think he already passed this through Congress. <laughs> but let's flash back to this moment that was bizarre. What we've provided for is if you went to school, if you qualified for a Pell Grant, you qualify for 2000 I mean, excuse me, uh, you, you qualify for $20,000 in debt forgiveness. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two, and it's in effect. I, you heard him say that. I got it passed. It passed by a, a vote or two. I think he really believes that. I think there's somebody that may have misinformed him. Maybe they slipped up. And they told him, listen, when they talk about the student loan stuff and you responded, yeah, we got it taken care of. We got it passed. Well, they used the word passed, and he inferred that it went to Congress, and Congress passed that bill, which would make it legal, technically. It, of course, as you just heard, no president can do it. It has to, if it's going to happen, happen at the United States Congress it did not happen, and Joe Biden's out there, and he thinks that he has the power to cancel those debts when he doesn't. 
and I don't think he even knows about it. Wow. Gosh, we're running out of time. I got a story I wanted you to hear from a brand new just-elected congressman in New York that he's talking about the crime that is raging across his state and across the nation for that matter. I think we'll wait and let you um, on Monday. We'll still bring it to you. It is a very important thing. Don't forget over the weekend, our bullet points offering where we look at the week and there are probably, your, you, you may be like me, I missed firsthand a lot of things that happened over the last couple of days. I was involved in some family medical conditions, and so I wasn't in tune there. The best way to catch up for you and for me is to look at our bullet point offerings every Saturday morning. We go back and grab the big stories of the week, usually 10 to 12 of them, that many of you may not have heard, or if you heard something about it, you just heard about it, but you didn't get the details. In bullet point format, they're easy to read. Great way to start Saturday morning with a cup of coffee or another beverage of your choice. If you don't like coffee, maybe you like uh, orange juice or something like that. Anyway, it's a great way to start Saturday morning. Those will go live if you want to stay up. Live at 1.45 a.m. every Saturday morning. You guys have a great day. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday at TNN Live. And has blood has ransomed people for the whole guy. From every tribe and language, people, every nation. Where warriors have fallen, there's a resurrection coming. It's your time to rise and shine. Wake up, you sleeping giant. The wounds of injustice are being healed by the peace.